Oh, yes. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. The Obama administration brought something out there that they refer to as the nudge. And Politico described this as using psychology on citizens as a way for policymakers to change people's behavior. And uh, yeah, that worked during Obama's time because Obama was a slick guy. He was slick. They do it by presenting choices of, or information differently. Now, he used Cass Sunstein and uh, Peter Orzag to help with this. Now, Cass Sunstein was the guy that was, uh, he's a Harvard Law guy. And um, in his past, he's put forth these ideas like, if you go to the zoo, and there is an ape there, and you treat the ape in a bad way, he should have the recourse to sue you. The ape should. So, this was adopted, and they launched the White House's Social and Behavioral Science Team, a cross-agency effort to bring behavioral science research into the policy-making process. So, the nudge has been defined as any aspect of the choice architecture that alters people's behavior in a predictable way without forbidding any options or significantly changing their economic incentive. To count as a mere nudge, the intervention must be easy and cheap to avoid. Nudges are not mandates. This is the same thing they try to do with asteroids. They just try to give it a nudge and change its trajectory by a little bit. Because in, in, in the sense of the heavens, if you push them off course by a couple of centimeters over the course of many thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles, that's a big distance. So it doesn't take much. The nudge is a very, very, uh, very effective policy. And you can predict what's going to happen with it. Now, Cass Sunstein unconvincingly suggested that nudging is not manipulative, coercive, secretive, or trickery. And, well, you know, it's reasonable to conclude that it's likely manipulative, coercive, or trickery at a minimum most of the time. Now, when you think about it, this in a, in a uh, and see, nut, the whole nudge terminology, uh, this is all based on the physical action, right? You know, slight push. But you know when you've been slightly pushed physically. Psychologically, you don't know that. So this is where the trickery and the coercion and all this other stuff comes into play. And they have a, they have a desired response that they're looking for when they do this. Now, how many times did the government or others say something like, President Obama and all of us in the White House's social and behavioral science team are nudging you here to make this behavioral change, which we use psycholo psychology to determine what your predictive, what would be your predictive behavior. This is a nudge. You are still free to repel our nudge, though, and choose what you want. How many of you know that he had a nudge unit, which was doing using psychological warfare on you? Probably not that many. 
Now, I knew about Cass Sunstein's in, involvement with the Obama administration. He had a few things going on there. But the point is, is, is that the government nudgers and the other psychological nudgers most often act covertly and secretly. And a physical nudge and, and the desired response of the nudger does not occur secretly. So government, when they are using the nudge, <laughs> that they're manipulating you. Now, the Biden-Harris administration formally recharted the Social and Behavioral Sciences Subcommittee of the Committee on Science of the National Science Committee on Science of the National Science and Technology Council in April 2022. Mouthy. Wordy, wordy titles there. The SBS coordinates policy action to address pressing social issues and Biden-Harris administration priorities using the tools and insights of the social and behavioral sciences. Don't you find it quaint that the uh, Democrats include the vice president and the name of the administration like somehow they actually have anything to do with anything going on there. Don't you find that quaint? I do. I do. I don't look at the uh I don't look at the Trump administration as the Trump Pence administration, do you? We get this uh from the Biden and Harris administration's agenda. The social and behavioral sciences offer unique tools for describing, understanding, and addressing societal challenges and assessing and evaluating initiatives, programs, and policies. As described in its charter, the SBS leverages these tools to advance the Biden-Harris administration's agenda to carry out short-term, high-priority tasks and to lay the groundwork for longer-term coordination of agency efforts related to the societal and behavioral sciences. Doesn't this sort of sound to you like gun control or climate change to you? Do you think you're being nudged on those two particular topics just as two to think about? You're constantly being nudged on the behavior, on the, excuse me, on the economy. It's great. Constantly being told that. Constantly being told there's a gun violence, you know, which is another made up term. Gun violence epidemic, another made up term. Salt weapon, another made-up turn. Climate change, another made-up turn. You know, transgender, another made-up turn. So you're constantly being nudged. And, uh, you know, we it, it, they have become so emboldened by the fact that it works, right? That, 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 once again, back to the whole COVID thing. We were nudged into believing... And, you know, there for a moment... President Trump, he was in the middle of the panic, too. We were nudged into believing that in the beginning when we didn't know what it was, everybody was trying to figure out what it was. And I, I'm willing to give everybody five days leeway on that in the beginning. After that, no more. After that. Uh, then then when, we went, when we started locking down and all this other stuff, we were being nudged. And this is a deep state operation. They didn't go away when Trump was in office. They just didn't do anything. We were paying them not to do anything. <laughs> so, when you look at some of the things that are going on out there, and you look at some, some of the stuff that just seems so ridiculous, this is a nudge. This is an attempt to sway you. And they do it a lot. The, the the constant messaging and narrative that they keep bringing to you, that's uh, that's it's it's the hallmark of any good advertising. I'll, I'll put it that way. Advertising is about telling you about a product constantly. 
I know because I do it. And the hallmark of good advertising is honest advertising, which is also what I do. So um, getting out there and telling you the story of the certain things, that's that's advertising. But I'm I'm sort of trying to do the same thing, but at the same time, I'm actually doing this myself. Most of the time, anything I'm pushing at you, I've tried it. So this isn't me trying to tell you to do something I haven't done. And there's a difference between trying to control you and trying to get you to look at things. And yet, they keep the. I, I have to hand it to the leftists and to the communists. They borrow from every discipline out there. They take the stuff that they find effective and leave the rest. And it's always about trying to control every moment of your day, everything you do, every dollar that you spend, uh, every thought that you have. And it never stops. Now, right now, the Biden administration, I don't know how much they're going to be able to use psychology on the American people now because they have been found out. The nudge may no longer work for them, which is pretty amusing to me. But in whatever, I mean, just be aware. This is something they are aware of. That This is what's been going on all these times. It's been about the nudge. It has a term now, the nudge. They wrote a book about it. My Obama and uh, Cass Sunstein wrote a book called The Nudge. Go check it out. Coming up next, we're going to talk to the owner at Dewey's Pawn Shop, Dewey Lemons. It is 2A Tuesday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. CarPro.com talk line 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Talking to Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop. Good morning, sir. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm good. Now, most of you don't understand that when I grab Dewey up and have him in this segment that there's all kinds of pandelirium happening all around him the whole time that we're on the phone, right? I mean, you're just that yes. busy nowadays. So many people yeah, coming yeah. in there. So we're going at it all going the time. At it. Well, uh, this week, it's only Tuesday, but this week, uh, what seems to be the type of gun people are looking for the most this week? Man, I I can't. Well, I can. I, I shotguns have slowed down just a little bit, and handguns have seemed to pick up a little bit. But um, it's I mean a little bit of everything. I've I've sold sold some nice rifles this past weekend, and. Um, so, but I think the handguns have picked up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a, a really good selection of those. The other day I got out there and I was making my recommendation about guns people should buy. And one thing that you always have a big selection of are Glocks. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot with Glocks. Um, we get a lot of used Glocks and brand new Glocks. Um, and of course, Glocks got so many different variations. So there's, there's one out there that'll fit just about everybody's hand right. So, yeah, we sell a lot of Glocks, that's for sure. Whenever I have sold guns in the past, I've taken many guns up there to sell. And if I sell a Glock, they're very happy to get those. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. I, I know that's yeah. a... Now, as far as... Uh, do you... do you uh, Now, I know in the past that you have carried uh, some, like, 642s and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I sell a lot of 642s. I, I try to keep those in stock all the time. That's a... 
great concealed carry gun. For a lot of people, for a lot of people, that checks all the boxes, right? The little revolver, you got five yeah. shots. You got the, yeah. the, the rule of threes is in play in most self defense situations, which is three yeah. feet, three rounds, three seconds. Yeah, you, you don't a, have to. It's have, a great gun. We, in fact, we just had some more come in yesterday, and right. um, so we're getting them in. We we actually had that new Kimber, one of those new Kimbers, come in yesterday. That's got the, it's the lightweight instead of being the heavy stainless steel. Right. It's a lightweight 38 special, but it's a six shot instead of a five shot. Um, but we're getting a lot of stuff in. Had some got a had a had a Marlin come in in 45 long Colt, brand new in the box. But I bet the gun's probably 20 years old. But it was brand. Had, I don't think the guy had ever taken it out of box. But I got new Colt Anacondas coming in. Uh, Nosler 28 Nosler ammo just got in. So we've been getting a lot of stuff. New brand new Winchester 3030 showing up. Yeah. Um, so we're getting a lot, a lot of inventory still coming in. Now, uh, I'm being asked on the text line about budget friendly when, uh, and I don't know what kind in, in handguns, it, it's most of e- the striker fired guns, like even the Taurus guns, the G three, G three C's and all of those, those are fairly decent handguns for the price, aren't they? They're not junk. I mean, yeah. Every, yeah. everybody seems to yep. have solved that issue with the striker fired guns, aren't they? They, that um, makes a big big difference, and um, yeah, we sell a lot of the Taurus G2s, G3s, and G4s. Now they got out. We sell a lot of those. Well, the G4s are a little idiot. The G4 is what? It's uh, my son bought one of those from you. He sure did. Bro. Yeah, yeah. My son also I, bought a 642 the, from you. So. Yep, yep. But um, yeah, those the striker fires. But the the hammer guns are still popular too. You got a lot of people, you know, they they want that hammer gun. I I prefer a hammer gun myself. I like the hammer guns. But but those striker fires are man, they're 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 hot. They sell good. And then I know people who have tried to tear them up and they can't. They you know they shoot good. You know most most all the brands are are fairly good pistols. Yeah, the uh, and in terms of budget friendly, I think the Taurus, the G three C, even brand spanking new is two hundred forty nine dollars. I would consider yeah. that to be budget friendly. Yep, yep. That's the Taurus. Taurus comes in there under most everybody on that on that what price range, just for sure. Do, do you have an opinion that you want to share about High Point? I've heard they're actually pretty good, but they, you know, High Point is the butt of a lot of jokes. But do you think that's what do you think of that as a as a firearm? There's a reason why it's the butt of all the jokes. It's, I mean, it's like it's like I mean it's it's like picking up a um, it's like picking up a sledgehammer. Yeah. You grab you grab you grab the handle and it's so doggone top heavy it swings over it swings. I mean you know it's it's a it's a big old clunk of a gun you know. It but is. now I've seen people I've seen people shoot them a lot you know. But it's just a it's a big clunk of a it's a very uncomfortable clunk of a gun <laughs> i'm being asked if the browning a5 with an ivory bead is that rare no um most of their early most of their earlier and older guns um came with ivory beads yeah is it actually ivory or is it just because of the color no i think they're actually ivory wow yeah yeah is that a shotgun I mean, you got you you got to remember they were making shotguns back in the okay. you know in the actually they they started making the um superposed i think in like 1931 somewhere right around in there so you know ivory was you know anybody could get ivory back then it wasn't no big deal and it, and it was a nice you know ivory was a cool thing 
Yeah. Back, back in, I, I guess back in those early days, I don't know. I don't have an ivory or anything. I tend to stay away from that uh, fancy stuff if I can. Because I just mess it up. You like a fancy gun, though. You you especially like those older rifles. You you have a real appreciation older, for the older rifle, don't you? Yep. They they took a whole lot more time. They, they're not made by a machine. They're not pumped out in, in fifteen minutes. And you know they're they're made they're made by somebody who cared what they were doing and loved it instead of somebody who's just trying to make money. That's that's the, that's the big difference between the way things are made nowadays. It's, right. It's all about money. Yep. Back yep. in the old days, they wanted to make something really good, and if they got paid for it, that was really good too. But it's, things have changed. Although I will tell you publicly that you were correct. You know, I, I made this thing. Uh, we were talking forty-four magnums on the air and everything, and Dewey was like, "Oh, so you want to shoot a forty-four magnum single action pistol, do you?" And then uh, somewhere down the line, he ordered one and let me shoot it last week. And although I handled the recoil really well, I did bust my Glock knuckle. So you were right. I that thing see. kicks. It I does. want everybody to know you should you should have seen him. He put a frown on his face out there, and he went out there and he pulled that trigger, and he pulled that trigger, and he pulled that trigger. And how many times did you shoot that thing? You shot it a bunch, didn't you? Well, I shot it eighteen times, but the first twelve times that I shot it, I had thought I was recording it, and I had stopped recording it. So then I had to go back out there. I was talking to Trish. You'd already left. So then I'm out there, and I'm going to look at this just to see how I handled this. And uh, I, I, I'm i like, I didn't record it. So then I was like, okay, fine. So I grabbed the camera, went back out there, and recorded it again and made sure I was recording it this time. But uh, I shot it 18 times. Yeah, Guaranteed to wake you up, won't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had uh, – uh, I, I, that was, a, that was a, uh, catching that was, uh, it would radiate from my wrist to my shoulders down to my hips and exit out the floor, the bottoms of my heels. That was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's definitely when you pull the trigger on that, that's not, you're not like, did that go off or not? I'm being asked, do you do appraisals? Which of course you do. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we do appraisals. There's a lot of different, different variations and different things about them, but, um, yeah, in the most part we do. Yes. I guess when we're talking about appraisals, is this? There's two kinds of appraisals. I want to sell this. How much will you give me for it? And how much is this worth? I'm thinking about selling it, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, and and then a written a written appraisal is completely different too. So, so I guess uh, I guess what 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 you would have to do is uh, go down to uh, Dewey's pawn shop and present it to him and let him take a look at it. But I mean, you've been yeah. doing. We can do that. I've I've actually, I mean, I've actually people who have large collections of firearms. I've actually gone to them if they prefer, you know. So in any of that, so we can uh, we can do it either way. We can do it either way. However, it um, however best it helps a customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody needs to go out there. I was shooting with one of Dewey's customers when I was shooting the second time. Dewey's got that indoor indoor range that you can go out. If it's a used gun, he'll let you try out a gun. If you don't know what you're getting, he'll let you try it out. It's it's a good time all around. And, uh, well, if you tell them that you heard about it here, you might get something. You might get a special deal. If you tell them that you're a friend of mine, you might pay more. <laughs> the Bill Frady deal. That's the what Bill, we the do. The Bill we Frady do. deal. Hey, you know what? 
We even do the Bill Frady deal on Valentine's for jewelry too. Oh wow! We'll even we'll oh, even wow. do the Bill Frady deal for Valentine's. So ladies, go get that. Oh, go get go get that uh, Rolex for the husband. He's out there. Valentine's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's yeah, tomorrow. Valentine's Day. Yeah. So come on down here and get your wife some diamond earrings or a bracelet or necklace, and you'll be surprised how easy she'll say, "Okay, yeah, you can have that new pistol." It works both ways. You I buy you, her jewelry, and then you get to buy you a gun. There you go. I know you got to go back to work, so thank you for joining me this morning. Hey, anytime. Thank you very much. Everybody be safe out there and have a good one. Dewey's Pawn Shop, also traders out there on Wade Hampton Boulevard. That is where you need to go. When we get back, it appears to me that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to, you know, uh, remind the lower courts that they are actually the lower courts. I'll explain that. When we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm distracted by the text line. I have a lunatic on it right now. <laughs> a lunatic that's the thing about the text line what you should do there pilgrim is you should pick up the phone and call that in you should pick up the phone and call that in texting this is a you know since i don't see the tone of your voice i can't measure the tone of your voice on this text this is about the uh the shooting in houston and it's a lot of unsubstantiated stuff that, you know, I don't know that it is or is not the truth. I'm pretty sure nobody here in South Carolina knows what happened in the background. Doesn't have enough inside baseball on this. But that's what you should do. Because I'm, I'm, I'm done replying to you. Done replying to you. The United States Supreme Court, they have been overruled by the Hawaiian Supreme Court. See, they decided that the Bruin decision was wrong, even though they are actually a court that is lower than the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the Supreme Court, not the Hawaiian Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court. And uh, they referenced a constitution written where the islands were a separate kingdom, not one of the 50 states, which means that when they joined the 50 states, when they became the 50th state, they joined and said, well, we come in and we accept your constitution and your bill of rights. But, uh, you know, there seems to be a disconnect between the state Supreme Court using historical precedent, which, which is locally applied, to counter a legal precedent that looks first to its own historical precedent, which is the Bruin decision. Now, they, they got out there and they decided to use a quote from The Wire, which is funny. Oh, uh, Maestro, I'm being told by this idiot on the text line that he tried to call in the phone. Nobody answered the phone. And we're cowards for not answering the phone. Because I can tell you this. Maestro answers the phone. Anyway, back to Aloha. This is going to shape up to be a battle between the state and the federal Supreme Courts. And the state Supreme Court, well, they're going to lose on this one because there's, there's, you know, I've often wondered with the Supreme Court, with all of these rulings that come out, um, what happens when somebody defies them, which is what's happening right now with a lot of these states. 
Now with the, uh, okay, well, let's go to the phones. John wants to talk about Trump. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I like your show. I was just, uh, nobody has even mentioned this, but I would love to see your take on Trump's vice presidential running mate uh, if he tried to uh, get Condoleezza Rice to run. I, I have no idea. Uh, at this moment, Condoleezza Rice would be fine with me. Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice is a very sharp, savvy operator. You don't, you never hear anything about her. That tells you that she's not getting involved in any nefarious nonsense. She doesn't say stupid stuff, so you know she's not getting out there and being tied up, being looked. Nobody looks at her as like an idiot or a mental midget. She would be a fine one. I would love, yeah, I would love to see her and Kamala debate. Well, that would be that would be like taking the lamb and you know saying attack that lion. I love it. That would not be that would that would definitely not be the Marquis of Queensbury rules. That would be a very one sided debate. But I mean, yeah, it was a one sided debate when she was debating Tulsi Gabbard when she wanted to be the uh, the Democratic nominee. She got just tore up by Tulsi Gabbard. So, <laughs> hey, I like your show. Thanks. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the call. Back to the Supreme Court. Now, the U.S. Constitution states, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. Now, if they defy the Supreme Court with the Hawaiian Supreme Court, the Supreme Court can take some action. They have the ability to find them in contempt. Then they have the power to remove them, including the officers of the lower court. They they have the ability to order imprisonment for a disobedience or resistance to its lawful writ, process, order, rule, decree, or command. They would have to send federal marshals to, marshals to arrest the non-compliant judges. That's all within the U.S. Constitution. It's not about a TV quote. Meanwhile, everybody's getting... Uh, this is all coming coming about because a lot of people are looking at the Fourth Circuit, what they're about to do with the Maryland ban on assault weapons before the Richmond, Virginia, can rehear the case. Because this is going to keep this is going to keep popping up. They're going to keep doing this brewing response nonsense, and there's going to, something's going to have to happen about that. Now, when we get back, because Canada doesn't have a Second Amendment. They're able to talk about doing the things they're talking about doing now, which is, you know, they're already killing you if you if you have mental illness or if you're homeless and you you just feel like you need to be dead. You can do that now, but they're going to go beyond that. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I like documentaries. Do you like documentaries? I like them. And I, I like them about stuff that I, I, I find to be sort of uh, iffy as far as policy, and I'm always looking for that corroboration. And recently there was this one called Juice Power, Politics, and the Grid, which is by, it was produced by Robert Bryce and Tyson Colfer. This is a documentary that advocates for greater use of nuclear energy, but also has positive things to say about the need to continue using natural gas and coal to maintain stability in the energy grid. 
or the book Fossil Future by Alex Epstein, which advocates for the proposition that oil, natural gas, and coal will play significant roles in the global energy mix well into the future. But then you wake up and you find out that these three men have been arrested and charged of the crime of saying nice things about fossil fuel. And uh, if one Canadian member of Parliament has his way, that will become law in the Great White North. And that is Charlie Angus of Timmins J. Bay, Ontario. It introduced a bill Monday that would invoke criminal penalties for saying positive things about oil, natural gas, and coal, even when those things are manifestly true. And it reads in part, it is prohibited for a person to promote a fossil fuel, a fossil fuel-related brand element, or the production of a fossil fuel. Now, see, in my world... In, in that moment, when Angus is out there saying all of this nonsensical stuff, this is when we bum-rush him and strip everything off of him because everything he's wearing comes from fossil fuel. His glasses frame comes from fossil fuel. His mobile phone has fossil fuel in it. Everything he's got and everything he does, for the most part, has fossil fuel built into it. So, yeah, let's go with that. Angus, are you willing to play that game if I'm willing to play it? But what they're wanting to do is they want to go after fossil fuel in the same way they went after tobacco. Now, there's a little bit of a difference there, Mr. Timmons. Well, no, excuse me, Mr. Angus. What's his name again? Charlie Angus. We need to get his last name changed. He doesn't need to be named after a really nice cut of steak. So... Angus told the House on Monday the big tobacco moment has finally arrived for big oil. We need to put human health ahead of the lives of the lives of the oil sector. Now, see, in the old days, <laughs> in the old days, uh, you know, with cigarette commercials, which I remember them. They, they were still playing them when I was a kid. With cigarette commercials, uh, they, uh, you know, they they would tell things like, you know, Nine out of ten leading doctors smoke Kent cigarettes. And, you know, these cigarettes have vitamin C. So, you know, there was, I, I can't think of anybody getting out there saying, well, you know, burning gas, burning gas will make you grow a, a nice head of hair just like Fabio or some nonsense like that. I, I don't see that happening with that. So I don't know, except for the part where they used the law and they used a campaign to demonize something that is still legal to this day. I mean, if you want to smoke cigarettes, have at it. I don't because I can't. It wasn't a smart idea to begin to, right? I drove myself into the, I'm not going to go over that again, but, you know, it's a legal thing to do. Now, the actual language in the law would make it a crime to advertise the price of gasoline on gas station billboards or for Chevron to run TV ads bragging about additive, uh, the additive they call Tecron. And it would make it a crime for advocates like Bryce and Culver to produce their documentaries for Epstein to publish his book. All of that would be deemed illegal, and they would be heretics to the doctrines of the climate alarm religion under the Angus Bill. And so, in other words, the language of the bill has nothing to do with the truth. <laughs> Can't say that. And, uh, you know, for several years... Jeff Foxworthy hosted a TV show called Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And I think Angus would flunk that show since every fifth grader who's ever appeared on it would immediately notice the conflict between the language and the promotion of it by its author. Fossil fuel 
is going to uh <laughs> uh Hey Maestro, take a look at that last text. Fossil fuel is uh is is one of those things that's gonna be with us for a long time until we have the handoff ready to go. When the when the Model T came out, um when the Model T came out, they didn't go out and shoot every horse in the head. There was a transition period. So with energy and energy delivery and all these other things, there will what they want to do, there's just no way to do it. There's no way to mandate it and make it happen. It's a gradual thing that will be driven by market forces. It will not be done by government. Government can't make it happen. Government can't run the post office. So, you know, maybe a better approach would be for Canada's parliament and our Congress to enact laws making it a crime for the members of Congress or the members of parliament to spread lies about the bills they're trying to pass. Now, that would be a public service. Maybe it could be attached to the same bill where they have term limits and uh, they, they have to wear shock collars to where if they uh, get w way out of hand, we could pop them from wherever they come from. Am I going too far on that one? I don't know. Probably never going to happen. Probably never going to happen. We'll be back in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.